and welcome to another episode of the For the Good podcast. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast streaming service. I am so glad that you are here. I just want to clear the air on some things before I jump into this episode. Also, I apologize if you can hear anything in the background. My dog decides to chew on her bone every single time I sit down to film an episode. So just ignore her. She'll eventually get over it. She does not chew on it very long. She doesn't have patience. She's like me. I can't sit still. So anyways, I just want to clear the air on some things just in case it has ever been confusing. I am in no way doing this podcast or sitting here filming these episodes to gain anything or to preach to you. I am not a preacher. I have not been to seminary school. It is not on my radar. That is not my goal in life. I want to fulfill God's will for my life being a woman, which is to get married and bear children and raise disciples. So that is my goal. I am doing this simply because it has actually strengthened my faith sitting here talking about the lessons that the Lord has taught me. And it's making me more wise to share it. I have a really hard time with school. So in order to learn things, it's easier for me to like receive the knowledge and then to share it because getting it out and sharing it actually helps me remember it and walk with it. So that is why I'm doing this. I'm not a preacher, never will be. And I just want to sit down and talk to my friends about, hey, this is what the Lord's teaching me right now. And I feel like he'll use it to glorify his kingdom in the end. Also, side note, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm wearing a new shirt. I keep messing with these designs and printing them out myself. And eventually, um, if it's in God's will for my life, I will start selling stuff. For right now, I'm just doing it for me, but I have received questions already about the things that I've already made, like my Jesus hoodie. I actually have a shirt that matches it. Hopefully, um, one day I'll be able to sell it. (laughs) So, today's topic is one that I literally learned like a day ago. I am reading through John, so a lot of the lessons have been what Jesus was preaching while he was here on earth. It actually is relevant in John 14, 16, and 17, but 17 was the one that I read the most recent. And then I was like, you know what, I'm going to do an episode on this because this is something that like I've learned and I've talked about with other people in my life and I just want to share it with everybody. So here we are. Today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Mm, I love this topic. This was something that I was confused on for a very, very, very long time, and I refused to listen to the truth on the Holy Spirit and his purpose in the life of a non-believer and a believer. So we're going to go through everything. I have some notes. So again, I'm just going to go through and follow this. A lot of this was from just like doing research, like reading the Bible is obviously where all of it comes from. And I will be quoting verses. My dog is literally on one right now. I am so sorry if you can hear it. She's going crazy. She always does. Anytime I'm sitting down and not like near her to where she could just lay next to me, she decides to run around and like cause chaos. So we're just going to ignore her and continue. Um, But anyways, all of this comes from God's word. In order to better understand it, I use some resources 
after I read the word to just help me better understand like exactly what it means. Um, Because again, I'm not a very studious person. Um, Now, however, God does speak to me through his word and helps me understand it. That is true. But a lot of times we just need, we need a little nudge. So I did find some resources from pastors that actually have a degree in this and know what they're talking about. So we're just going to go through my notes and we're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. First, I want to preface this because this was something that I didn't really understand at the beginning. And by the grace of God, I was willing to open my eyes to what he actually means when he's talking about the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a person. So we have the Trinity. We have God, the Father. We have Jesus, the Son. And then we have the Holy Spirit. So that is the Holy Trinity. They are three individual people in one and they submit to one another, but they're still all equal. So let's keep that in mind. They're all still God. So the Holy Spirit is a person, not a feeling or a force. In John's gospel, he has talked about using the he and him pronouns. So if it was like a force, they would say it. The Holy Spirit is not an it. It is a he. It is a person. The Holy Spirit is our defender to judgment and helps us run into the arms of the Father when we fall short of God's glory. So when we sin, sin means to fall short in the eyes of God. He opens our eyes to our sin and opens our hearts to receive God's grace, to realize that we cannot face this life alone and that we need saved. Accepting that truth and facing that conviction brings us to salvation. So in order to receive our salvation, we have to accept the truth that we all fall short of the glory of God and Jesus did the work on the cross to save us. That way we can have a personal relationship with him. The word convict is a translation of the Greek word elenko, which I looked it up before just to make sure I could pronounce it. I do not know Greek. So elenko, which means to convince someone of the truth, to reprove, to accuse refute or cross-examine a witness. So the Holy Spirit exposes evil, reproves evildoers, and convinces people that they need a savior. I want to make a point on this. The most humble act you can do as a human here on earth is admit that you are a sinner and you need a savior and accept the work that Jesus did on the cross. I feel like a lot of times people are like, oh, you Christians, you thinking that you're perfect and you're so righteous and you've got everything figured out and life is just amazing for you. No, that is false. In fact, the most, like I just said, the most humble act you can do as a human is admit that you are a sinner and you fall short in the eyes of God and you need a savior one that already came and already died on the cross for your sins. Because if you don't do that, you are basically saying, I'm good. I don't need any help. I can handle this world on my own and I can handle this life on my own. I don't need someone to save me. You are basically saying that you don't need a savior and that you as an individual are powerful enough to manifest things and make things happen in your life and get through this world that's full of sin alone. That is what you were saying. So you yourself as a non-believer, and I'm not trying to sound mean, 
you are the one that's basically saying that you are righteous and you are perfect because you don't need a savior. So I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like that's what a lot of people perceive Christians as. And that is the opposite because we are doing the most humble act ever. So to be convicted is to feel the dreadfulness of sin. This happens once we see God's purity and holiness and we recognize that sin cannot dwell with him. So we're going to read Psalm 5, 4. So it says, for you are not a God who is pleased with wickedness. With you, evil people are not welcome. And I also want to make a note, the closer you get to God, the more sinful you feel. You're already full of sin before accepting Jesus and receiving the Holy Spirit, but you're you're also going to feel more sinful and want to get rid of that sin the closer you get to God. Um, I just had that note in my Bible, so I just wanted to read it since it was there. So when you become mindful of how much sin dishonors God, you become convicted. So that's where that word comes from. And I talked about this in my last episode and convictions of sin and everything. So if you missed it, you should go back and watch it because it was really good. We talked about what it means to fear the Lord and listening to convictions. So the way that my notes are set up, I should have said this, but the way that my notes are set up is basically like, what's the role of the Holy Spirit in a non-believer? And like basically going down the line of like becoming a believer. So like when you're a non-believer, like what's his role? Like he leads people to repentance. So like before you're a believer, he like is doing work in you to like get you to repent and admit that you're a sinner. So that's why a lot of people will be going to church for a while before they actually repent and decide to follow Jesus. And they're getting in that environment. They're learning the truth. They're hearing the word. And that's the Holy Spirit's work in you. At the beginning, he leads people to repentance. So we're going to read Acts 17.30. And I also want to note um, that to repent is to change one's mind or direction. You can't turn towards God without turning away from the things that he is against. So Acts seventeen thirty says, In the past, God overlooked such ignorance, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. So before, when it says in the past, God overlooked such ignorance, it just means that like before Jesus, the Holy Spirit did not indwell in people. So the Spirit did not permanently indwell God's people in the Old Testament. He worked through them and gave them power to achieve things they would not have been able to accomplish on their own. So that was the Old Testament. And then once Jesus came, died, resurrected, and then ascended into heaven, that's when the Holy Spirit came. So Jesus tells us why he sends us the Spirit in John 16, 8 through 11. So this is what I read the other day and then continued into 17. So John 16, 8 through 11 says, when he comes, he will prove the world to be in the wrong about sin and righteousness and judgment about sin because people do not believe in me, about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer, and about judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Talking to his disciples and he's like, listen, when I leave, spirit's going to come, things are going to change, he'll be within you since I won't physically be here anymore. They were a little confused and they were more worried about having Jesus. And also I made a note on this, which I think it's good to share. I feel like the disciples were worried. Oh my gosh. Okay. If I was a disciple, 
back in the day and I got to walk with Jesus and he was doing miracles right in front of my face and I just got to like spend every day with him and like learn right from him. I cannot even imagine what that would be like, first of all. Second of all, I would be really upset if he just left. Like, oh, see you later. Like, this has to happen. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I want you to keep walking with me. Like, why are you leaving? There was a note on this that I read and I thought it was so good. Jesus is like, I have to go because the Holy Spirit's going to come and I cannot minister to the world just as me and continue to spread the gospel. Because if you think about it, if we still had Jesus here, like let's just imagine for a second that Jesus was still here and he was still in the Holy Land and the only people that actually got to hear from him had to like go there to see him. Or like nowadays we have live stream. I'm talking like back in the day, like they did not have any of that. Like you literally had to go or hear from other people that like what was going on and what he was teaching about. So in order for all of us to constantly have him within us as believers, he had to leave so that the Holy Spirit could come. So I thought that was a good note. That's Jesus explaining why he's sending us the Holy Spirit. Jesus promised the Spirit as a permanent guide, teacher, seal of salvation, and comforter for believers. So the teacher part comes from John 14, 26. So we're going to go back a little bit and read that. It says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. So everything that Jesus preached on earth, his truth, his wisdom, the Holy Spirit comes and is doing all of that for him. So for the seal of salvation, we're going to look at Ephesians 1, 13 through 14 for that one. It says, and you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to praise of his glory. We are marked with the Holy Spirit once we believe in Jesus. So the Holy Spirit descended on believers at Pentecost, which was 50 days after Jesus's resurrection and 10 days after his ascension. So he came, lived, died on the cross, resurrected, and then he ascended into heaven. And then the Holy Spirit came 10 days after that. So anyone who believes in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus are permanently indwelt by the Holy Spirit. So we're going to read two separate verses for that part. Romans 8 11 is the first one. It says, and if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. This is what I mean by like when I mentioned at the beginning, it's not a feeling or like a force. He's a person who lives in us. And I know for if you're a non-believer and you're listening to this and you're like, well, y'all Christians are crazy. (laughs) It's hard to understand. But like once you think of the Holy Spirit living within you and like he is a person who is always with you, I feel like it's easier to understand. I saw a girl's video the other day. She was basically talking about how she had a hard time discerning God's voice and like what was from him and what wasn't. And she was like, the second I shifted my mind, instead of thinking that like God is here and I am here, you have to think he is in you. You are one, not in that way. Like, cause we're never gonna be God. 
but he is within you. So your thoughts are his thoughts. The Holy Spirit is in you. It's not like a force that's like floating around you that's like going to make a difference when the time's right. Like it's like he's always within you. So like when you're doing something, when you're thinking of something, like no matter what you're doing, he is there. I feel like it's a lot easier to understand his power if you think of him as being within you. Hope that helps. All right. So the next verse that we're going to read for that part is 1 Corinthians 3, 16. And it says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? So again, just telling us, hey, the Holy Spirit's in you. Like he lives within you. So he equips us to do his work and spread the gospel. Jesus literally prays to the Father in John 17 that we are in them, the Father and the Son. And that way the world will believe in Jesus. When I read this the other morning, I like almost started crying. I don't know. It it just hit me so hard. I'm actually going to read it. I didn't have it in my notes to read it, but I'm going to read it because it's just so good. So in chapter 17, there's three different prayers that Jesus is going through. He's praying for himself. He's praying for his disciples. And then he's praying for believers. If you're a believer, he's praying for us. I'm just going to read this whole part. Oh, it makes me want to cry. Okay. My prayer, just imagine while I read this, just close your eyes wherever you're at and just imagine hearing Jesus pray this prayer for you to his father. It's just amazing. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. So he's saying he's not praying just for the disciples. He prays for those that believe what the disciples are saying about Jesus. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He's literally praying that everyone will know Jesus because of those who believe in him. It was so powerful to me in that moment that I literally wrote down a question right next to it. And I said, are you living a life that proves to the world that Jesus is who he says he is? That is our role as a believer. Are you representing Jesus? He literally said a prayer while he was here on earth that we would live out like him so that others will believe in him. So if there's someone in your life that you're having a hard time like spreading the gospel to, like treat them the way that Jesus would have treated them if he was still here on earth. So the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal Jesus to us and through us. Everything that comes from the Spirit should align with Jesus's character. This is important because I feel like a lot of times, myself included, I have been guilty of this, is saying like, oh, the Spirit told me this or the Spirit did this or the Spirit, whatever it may be. You have to be careful and before you say it out loud or tell people or like accept that that's what it was, that it was him speaking to you, you have to really look into what it was that you heard and whether or not it aligns with Jesus's character. So the Holy Spirit comes into the life of a believer and takes permanent residence. So we're going to read John 10, 27 through 30. It says, 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. So the beginning of that, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. We are his sheep. He is our shepherd. We listen to his voice, the Holy Spirit, and we follow him because of the Holy Spirit. So as I mentioned earlier, when we read Ephesians 1, uh, 13 through 14, that verse again, no one will snatch them out of my hand. So as long as we have the Holy Spirit within us, we are his, we belong to him, and we have eternal life. So we do not earn the Holy Spirit by works. He comes based on our belief in Jesus once we receive salvation. I feel like sometimes people look at the Holy Spirit similar to how they look at salvation. So this is something that I had to come out of. I was living a workspace gospel and thought for most of my teen years that I had to earn God's love, earn salvation. So I feel like sometimes people think that they have to earn the Holy Spirit, like something magical has to happen for them to earn the Holy Spirit. Like someone puts it in them or like something happens and they're like, oh my gosh, the Holy Spirit just came on me for the first time. Like, now I have him with me. Or if you're reading all of Paul's letters and you think that you have to have all of these gifts of the Spirit in order to receive the Spirit, like, oh, I can speak in tongues. Now I receive the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a gift given to us when we receive salvation. So they are a package deal. So you believe in Jesus. Let me just, we're just going to go through the process. Just plain and simple. Here we go. Ready? First step is repenting. You admit you're a sinner and you need a savior. You admit that you fall short in the eyes of God and you believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. You say, I am sorry I've sinned against you. I repent and receive your salvation. Receive it by accepting Jesus's work on the cross. That's all you have to do. All you have to do is believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins, resurrected, and ascended into heaven. You receive your salvation. Once you receive your salvation, package deal, you also receive the Holy Spirit. That is what Jesus tells us, is that once he left, the Holy Spirit came and all believers will receive him. And as you continue on your journey in sanctification, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, that is the Holy Spirit's work within you. Okay, let's talk about sanctification. The Holy Spirit handles a believer's sanctification process. So this is nothing that we're doing ourselves. This is not an act of, oh, now I'm a Christian. Now you have to go do this and you have to go do that and you have to go do this. And it's not a process that we handle, like give it up. It's not our job. It's the Holy Spirit within us. He continues to make us holy and bear the fruit of the Spirit written in Galatians 5. And it is not fruits. It is fruit because they are all one. So we got love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. And the sanctification process happens in the life of a believer until we enter into eternity with God because this world is full of sin. So this is something that God has given me grace on and that I have learned is that sanctification is a forever process until we reach eternity where we're completely ripped of sin. As long as we're in the world, sin's happening all around us. We're always tempted. The enemy is at work here on earth 
And once you accept that sanctification is a journey and not a destination, I feel like it's a lot easier to just rest and like not be worried like, oh my gosh, I just accepted Christ. I have the Holy Spirit and I still struggle with this and this and this. And it's like, give yourself grace and just allow the Holy Spirit to do that work in you and ask him, pray to him. He already knows what you're thinking. You're probably sitting there so frustrated, like, oh, why is this still happening? He can hear you. He knows what you're thinking. Like, just give it up and rest in his presence. Because let's just remember that the only perfect person ever to exist is Jesus. And none of us will ever live up to that expectation. And God does not expect us to live up to that expectation. He does expect us to treat other people the way Christ treated others and to live as close as we can to Christ. The Spirit is God within us and helps us live right and walk with Him. Rest in Jesus and allow the Holy Spirit to do the work in you. The more you submit to the authority of scriptures and follow his convictions instead of your flesh in the world, then the more the fruit of the Spirit will manifest. The renewing of the Holy Spirit does not happen outside of the knowledge of truth. What is the knowledge of truth? This Bible is the knowledge of truth. So the more you read it and the more knowledge you gain, the easier it is in your walk. Just going to be honest with you. So get in your word and rest on what God says. He humbles us when he takes over. You will naturally notice a change in the things you desire, the way you respond when someone wrongs you, and your outlook on life. He helps believers succeed in living a life like Christ. You know what I said at the beginning of that sentence? You will naturally. It is not something that is forced. I feel like a lot of times that's what people, non-believers from the outside looking into a Christian's life, have a hard time understanding, oh, you've changed. Like I see so many videos on TikTok of people going, you changed. Like what happened? They're like, it cuts to a video of them like smiling and they're like, Jesus, like that's how I changed. And a lot of people are like, they, it, it's hard for them to wrap their head around it because right now they're in control of all of their actions and they're not being led by the spirit. And people looking at us as believers think that we are doing all of these things to be perfect and to earn God's love. And it's like, no, all of this is natural. Like the closer you get to God, the more you read his word, the more you get truth, the more the spirit dwells in you just allow him to penetrate your heart that is that is the biggest thing is just accepting it and walking with him and he does everything for you like you don't have to do a single thing just obey it like that's it and it's not a if you don't do this then this is going to happen it's just a i know the power of the holy spirit I know that he will walk with me and help me stop doing the things that don't honor God. Like that's just where faith comes in. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode on the Holy Spirit. I thought it was something that I needed to share. It's just been a topic in my life, talking with some friends about it, helping them in their walk. Doing that has also strengthened my faith. I've made so many episodes and I haven't even used any of my noises here on my podcast recorder. I think they're so funny. (laughs) See, they do too. Okay, anyways, (laughs) 
Thank you guys so much for watching on YouTube or listening on a podcast streaming service. I appreciate you guys so much. And if you feel so inclined, if you could share this episode with your friends, that would be great. All right. So I will see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Bye.